Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy, homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. Before we get into the episode, we have some light housekeeping that I want to get to. Very exciting news. I will be adding to the Hot Off The Mess schedule. So going forward, every Friday, I will be breaking down all things Bravo, Potomac, New York, Beverly Hills, this Erica situation. And then I'm adding an additional episode every Tuesday where I can dedicate that to an entire an entire hour basically to like pop culture and entertainment. And that way we can kind of mention it all. So, all right, we have a lot to talk about today. There's the Potomac premiere. We have Ramona's shit to talk about, like literally her shit. I really, I need to get that off my chest. I need, well, I don't need to get that off my, I don't know. You you got what I'm saying. And then uh, the tale of two Erica's. So let's get into the episode. So let's start at the very top. This week, we got the amazing Potomac premiere. And I will say, I saw the ratings for the premiere and I got a little emotional, I will say. Got a little tear in my eye just because I'm so glad people are not sleeping on this premiere anymore or on this show anymore. People are not sleeping on this show anymore. Because so there's this Twitter account called at Bravo Ratings. And what they do is like every single day they post what the ratings were for the show the day after or the night of, but they post it the next day. And like, I check it every single day, every single week. And like the ratings for New York city are just like plummeting basically. Like I think their ratings were at like 0.7, which is like basically like 700,000. I think I'm doing this right by the way. 
And then the Potomac premiere, it premiered at like 1.1 million, which is incredible. I think that's a season high for them. I know that it was the first episode, but I mean, like, I don't think they've had an episode that reached like 1.1 just yet. And I think what we have to do is we have to thank COVID. COVID kind of fucked us all this past year and a half. But I think what it did is it because no one had anywhere to go or anything to do, they were like, okay, I'll just watch TV. And they were able to watch shows that maybe they didn't have the opportunity or the time to watch before. And I think everyone kind of binged Potomac and fell in love with it. So as much as COVID like kind of ruined everything, it also like made people love this franchise and love these women and like made them so excited to watch. And also like Bravo, I think is putting a lot more energy behind promoting them which is great. I know I've talked about that before, like that whole Nicki Minaj promo was like incredible. Like it was so high production, like everything was amazing. And so I'm just like so happy that we finally are seeing these women get like the attention and the love that they've, it's like so well, so well deserved. I will say I slept on Potomac for a while. I didn't get into Potomac until the premiere of season four. So like that was And I have been like begging people to watch this. So I'm just so happy to see that everyone is finally, finally on board. All right. So from the jump, like it already feels lighter. It feels breezier. It feels airier. Like there's just this, it doesn't feel like last season is what I'll say. Like last season we had the Monique and Candace fight, which basically ruined the end. I mean, I won't say it ruined the entire season because I do think it was a great season of like Real Housewives, but it just like kind of put like a dark cloud over the whole season. And then when you got to the reunion, Monique had her binder and it's like, I get that the binder is iconic. Like I understand, but also I rewatched this season recently because I was like, I want to revisit it and see how I feel, you know, without the social media of it all. Like, how will, I don't know, like just how will I feel about it, right? I feel angrier actually about the whole situation. I know that I was a, it was a very unpopular opinion of mine that I was team Candace in the whole situation. I'm actually, I'm more team like do not put your hands on another person, especially a coworker, because at the end of the day, these are women that are working together. This is an ensemble cast. Like, please do not do that. But Monique Spinder, she actually only like opened it one time. So it was like, okay, like it's really not that iconic if you think about it. But anyways, it just feels lighter. We start with Wendy's nude interlude invitations and Eddie, her husband, if my man is not like Eddie, like I don't want him, throw him in the trash because this is a man like watching him, like just support his woman, like doing, (laughs) doing the red effect, like TikTok dance that people do. It's like... (laughs) It was just so, it was so good. And then we get to Ashley, like we kind of like, you know, in the beginning of every premiere, they kind of like catch up with every lady like really quickly, like to see where they're at. Like Candace is in her new house. Giselle is, Giselle is being messy as always. Um, Karen is watering her plant, which literally I was like, wow, 
that's me. Like I saw myself in that moment when she was like kissing her plant leaves. I was like, okay. Cause I literally do that to my, I think it's called a pothos, a pothos. I love my little pothos. I actually looked up how to propagate it like recently because it's such an easy plant to take care of you guys. Shout out to those plants because you will not kill it. I know that that is not what you were coming to this podcast for, but I just had to tell you. But then we get to Ashley and Ashley is like incredibly pregnant. I believe she's about nine months pregnant at this time. And I need her to get the fuck out of that penthouse. I don't feel like it's safe, like for children, because I feel like there's a lot of sharp edges. There's a lot of glass. There's a lot of like, I don't know, the windows. Like I just, being that high up with like two little kids, I'm sure people do it all the time, but it's just like, it gives me anxiety. Like remember when she made Michael Darby like get rid of the pool table and he was devastated. Like that man was truly hurt to his core that she was like, nope, get the fuck out of here. We're trying to have a baby. It was, that was, I think the most emotion I've ever seen Michael display other than like when he was also devastated that Juan was getting engaged to the Robin. That was, woo, that was bizarre. But anyways, so Michael comes home and Ashley and her confessional says like, we're doing things differently this time around with this pregnancy and things are better. And then she takes this like gulp. Okay. And that gulp says everything that I need to know. It's like, I'm sure things might be going better, but also the standards of things of going, you know, better in the Darby household were like in the basement. Like he was touching other people's asses. Like he was being so inappropriate. So it's like how he was caught in a hotel room with another woman, like how much lower could we go? Like there's really only way to go is up in my opinion. And then we go to uh, Candace's. She got a new house. She finally got out of Mrs. Dorothy's gigantic. I don't, it wasn't a townhome. It was definitely a house, but those stairs, stairs have not given me anxiety like that since Carol Radswell's stairs. Like I can't imagine having to like bring groceries up those fucking steps every day. Like that would be exhausting to me. But anyways, we get to her house. It's beautiful. It's very um, like suburban, which that's not really my vibe. Like those aren't houses I particularly love, but it's like I support Candace and all that she does. And Miss Dorothy has her own room. They show Miss Dorothy. Uh, she has a cutout of herself next to her bed. And it's something. And Giselle looks like she's from The Greatest Showman. She's got this like blazer situation going on with like a, it's not even a pussy bow shirt. It's like straight up like a ruffle shirt, like from Seinfeld with these like pants that have a sheen to them. It was, um, I just don't know what Giselle's doing when it comes to, comes to her looks. Like she is such a beautiful woman and it hurts me actually to see what, what she pulls together for herself. But I will say, like I did tweet this the other day, like her fashions might be a mess, but like her face never misses. Like her face is just stunning. It, I don't care what, I mean, I do care what she's wearing, but it doesn't take away from the fact she's like absolutely beautiful, which is probably why she can like get away with wearing this fucking nonsense. But they sit down on this like couch in Candace's living room and it's like this tufted couch. And I've seen these before. I've sat on them before in like showrooms and things because I've always been curious about it. It looks so uncomfortable. 
it literally looks like it's hard as a fucking rock. And I'm like, that's not, I like a couch that's like, you know, it's got a depth to it. Like maybe some cushions, maybe a throw blanket or two, like a whole thing. This is just not that. And it's also gigantic. And there's like one mirror in the whole room. It's the couch in the mirror. There's literally nothing else going on. And then Giselle like opens up about her relationship with Jamal and how like they're like on the rocks because of the pandemic. And Candace's face is like, Mm, I don't think it's because of the pandemic. I think it's because last year you were fucking humiliated in front of the entire world when Monique, like, basically outed the fact Jamal is a fucking scumbag and always will be and always has been. I think it, like, really embarrassed her, which rightfully so, but I don't think Giselle is able to say that. I don't think her ego allows her to be that vulnerable and say, I was embarrassed, like, I cannot do this because he is this type of man. Um, He's such a clown. He really is. Like, I just remember him like with his own binder of receipts. And I remember watching this literally at six in the morning when it came out on YouTube. I spent my fucking morning watching this man talk about Chris Samuels and like how he reached out to his pastor. And it was just like, what are we doing? I I don't really enjoy when the husbands get that involved. Like I enjoy when Ray, Karen's husband, like says a funny little quip or like, you know, he says some, I don't know. Or like even Mauricio, like when him and PK are talking, like I'm okay with that. I don't like when the men think that they're housewives now. The only men that I'll accept that from, to be honest, is any man on New Jersey because they actually give us like good juicy drama and I also just enjoy watching them together but back to Giselle and Jamal like Candace kind of called bullshit on the whole situation because she's like so let me get this straight out of everything you guys have been through you're breaking up because of COVID like that just it doesn't make a lot of sense like this man has had like seven other children with like five other women or something I mean don't that's not a fact but we play it fast and loose over here on this podcast like I don't Like, it's pretty much, that's pretty much the situation. And it's just, I don't believe that because of this pandemic, it's, that's why they're breaking up. But I guess we'll see. But you can also just see it in Giselle's face that she's, like, horrified. So Ray and Karen, they're renewing their vows. And I don't love this because they have, like, a terrible track record, vow renewals do, on Housewives. Like, Shannon Bedore and David, obviously, whew, that was no bueno. Uh, Ramona and Mario, Cynthia and Peter, like the list goes on and on. It just, it's never a great sign. I get what maybe Ray is trying to do, but also like, why? Like you guys have been married for like 30 years. She always says we're an institution. So it's like, why do we need to renew the vows? Like give Ray what he really wants and just move to Florida. Like just let him go to Florida and live there. Like he does not want to be a part of this Potomac scene anymore. He does not want to live in this gigantic house with Karen. Like he just wants to chill the fuck out. He is set. He is in his seventies. Like he is, the sun is setting on Ray, if we're being honest. And we need to just accept that. But I also will say this really quickly. I think Ray is one of the funniest house husbands we've ever seen because like it's very casual little things that he says to Karen, like when they were watching the video of Wendy, like when they got that invitation for the nude interlude, he was like, oh, let me get my, he's like, I have to get my glasses. Let's watch that again. Like they just have a very funny relationship. I think they do have a really good time together. So I'm like, we don't need to renew the vows. Like you guys are seeming, it's seeming to work out just, just fine. 
I'm a little upset with Mr. Juan Dixon. I I get why people love him. It's because he's so good looking. But do we really love Juan? I want people to really think about this because he kind of sucks, you guys. Like, I don't get all the praise that he gets. Like, he has the personality of a wet paper plate. There's nothing really there with him other than the fact that him and Robin have just been together for a long ass time, but they are divorced. And there's a reason for that is because he cheated. So I get a little frustrated with Juan when she takes him to this like, it's like vegan smoothie pokey bowl place. I don't know where the fuck they are, but she takes him there to like celebrate. It felt a little too real. Like they didn't go to like a nice fancy restaurant. She literally took him to like a vegan Chipotle and like was like, congrats, babe. And it's like, okay, Robin, like this is, this is why I love her though. It's cause like, she's very real, but he's so fucking rude to her. And I was getting so mad watching it because he was like, you sleep in too late. Like you sleep too much. You order the boys unhealthy food. Like you it's, and then he goes, it's a turnoff. And I want to say, you know, what's a turnoff one cheating on your wife. You know, it's a turnoff one not having a job. You know, it's a turnoff one being monotone and having like literally no personality. Like the list can go on and fucking on. And it pisses me off because this woman has stuck by him, uh, for a very long time. They have been through a lot together. Like he cheated on her, like when he was in the NBA, like, I mean, I've heard rumors that he's cheated on her like since then in Potomac. Like I heard that it kind of hasn't stopped. But clearly, like, Robin is going through something. Like, we are in the middle of a fucking global pandemic. She has two young adolescent boys that are constantly dragging her. (laughs) And, like, she's just fucking tired. And I just, like, want to say, like, let Robin sleep. Like, let Robin sleep. And instead of looking at her and telling her it's a turnoff when you do X, Y, Z, how about you just ask her if she's okay? And... I think it's also such a manipulation because knowing at the place she was in when you cheat on someone, like you kind of make them think like, oh, you're not good enough. So I have to get it from somewhere else. So to plant that seed of like, this is a turnoff to me is probably very, very triggering. I mean, I would at least be triggered by that if someone cheated on me and then told me that I was turning them off because then I'd be like, okay, well then are you going to go find it from somewhere else? Like, are we going to have to go through this again? Like, I just think we need to stop praising Juan for doing the bare fucking minimum. Like, I get that he's a beautiful man, but like, I, I just really had a hard time with that because it's clearly like Robin is going through something. She's depressed or, I mean you know, her serotonin levels are not where they should be. Like something is going on with her. And even, even in her confessionals, when asked about when they were getting married, she kind of just didn't really want to talk about it. She was like, we'll do it when the time's right. Like COVID blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's something holding Robin back that I think Robin needs to like get in touch with and like figure out because this clearly something is just not working. Like even the videos of them buying the house or building their house together. Like he, he doesn't even seem like he wants to be there. So it's like, imagine being around that energy all day. No, I would be asleep too. Because what, is he going to talk to me? Is he going to be, is he going to entertain me all day? I don't fucking think so. I don't think so at all. I think Juan is boring and hot 
And that is usually what happens. That's why you don't date super hot people because their personalities are fucking trash. Just really quick, I want to touch on this. It's like a very little moment, but it was when Candace, um, you know, we're seeing this new side of Candace, a very lighter, breezier side of Candace where she is a bonus mom and we get to meet her two uh, bonus children with Chris and she's sitting at the, (laughs) the counter with her bonus daughter and they're doing a story problem and they threw that story problem up on that screen. I had fucking PTSD from my childhood sitting at the dinner table with my parents trying to figure out how to fucking like add and subtract. Like my brain just did not comprehend story problems. It was very triggering to say the least. Uh, I just had to talk about that because I feel like we've all had that experience as a kid unless you're like a little baby genius and like you just knew the answers to everything and you were like straight A student. That just was like not me. So we finally get to the nude and interlude party (laughs) or the nude interlude party and we're seeing Wendy's new body. We're seeing the titty cupcakes and her two sons. Okay, let me start by saying this first actually. I love that fucking family. Like I would die for the for Wendy, Eddie, and her children. I just think they are so cute and funny and they like like to have a good time. Like they all seem to like just be really happy to be together. It's just, oh, it's just so cute. But so her two boys are wearing shirts that say, I'm with Cupid because it's Valentine's. And then she gives them a titty cupcake and they ask them, what do you think this looks like? And the boys are just like, I don't know. And it's just like, oh, the innocence of children. I just love that. Like her feeding her children titty cupcakes is just another reason why I love Wendy. And her looking at Eddie being like, it's my girl's night. You're in charge of the children. Goodbye. Please do not bother us. I was like, yes, I love that. So everyone shows up in their little nude outfits. Giselle again, she's in some sort of like pleather brown color. It's really hideous, actually. I don't love it. But again, her face looks stunning. And then Ashley shows up in like some sort of like Charlotte Russe, like very tight t-shirt-esque dress in Ugg boots. They look like they're from Xenon Girl of the 21st century. They're silver. It's quite a look uh, to behold. But then like, of course, Ashley tries to come out and like tries to put like her heels on and her feet are so fucking swollen that it's just like, it's just not happening. And then we meet Mia, who I've been very, very excited to meet. I find her to be very intriguing. She's kind of giving us like a Phaedra-esque timeline here with like her age and her husband's age and the age difference. Because like, remember when Phaedra was pregnant and people were like asking when she's due and she was like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm actually this many months, but I could be this many weeks. And um, that kind of happened when they asked her like how old she was. Cause she's like, oh, my husband and I, like he's 32 years older than me. And they were like, okay, well then how old are you? And she was like, oh, I'm 38. And then they were like, well, wait, what? And then there was like a whole like math situation going on. And I just, I don't know how old Mia is. And I think any woman has the right to do whatever they want when it comes to like plastic surgery. But like, there's been a lot happening there. And I loved that moment with Wendy because it was just like so shady, but like so kind of calm. Like she didn't, it wasn't like as pointed as I think others would have delivered it, but she was just like, yeah, it looks like you've had a lot done (laughs) because like you have to be honest. Like we are honest on this podcast. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush and be like, 
oh, you know, like she just had little tweaks. Like, no, this this woman clearly gets a lot done and she's very honest about that. So it's not like I'm like being out of pocket with my assumptions. She says she gets Botox every four weeks. I don't think that's smart. That doesn't feel right to me. You don't need Botox every four weeks. I think people would get Botox like twice a year, maybe three times a year at best. But then she says that she got her clip worked on. Now, I wish I could replay that scene on my deathbed. Like I want that played at my funeral when everyone is just like, I'm sorry, you got your what? And she was like, yeah, I got my clip fixed. And Ashley was like, that must have been pounded. Like there is no, like that is such a, whoo, that's a, I don't even know what to say about that. Imagine getting your clip worked on. I can't. <laughs> it's just like, like what if something went wrong? Let's be honest about that. Like what if something happened? Oof, I don't know. And then of course, Giselle and Karen get like right into it with each other. They are, what I love about Karen and Giselle is that they are equals in how they fight and the things that they say to each other. Everything that they say is incredibly below the belt, everything. But I don't enjoy watching like an alpha personality try to take down like a Bambi. That was like when Bethany was like coming for like jewels. It just like, it wasn't an equal fight where with Karen and Giselle, it's very equal. I do think that these two women were really, really close friends. They got on a TV show and they both want to be the queen bee, but they both go about it in a very different way. So she brings up the fact that like Ray's dick doesn't work anymore, which it's like, we've talked about this. We don't need to keep talking about Ray's dick. I really am good on that. He's like 75 years old. Like, what do we expect? I don't think he's like, you know, a racehorse. Like, I don't think he's like ready to go at all times. Not a stallion. Then she brings up like Karen being drunk. And I, there is allegedly, allegedly, I have heard this rumor for years that Karen is not an alcoholic, but she does partake in uh, the libations more often than she should. And that is why some of the women get frustrated with her because she puts on this facade like she is the grand dame and she's, you know, greater than everybody and she's Miss Manners and this etiquette and all this bullshit. And that is why, let's take it back last season really quick, when she got really drunk at Monique's lake house and Robin was sleeping. Robin's always sleeping. Let Robin sleep. The next morning, Robin like just nonchalantly looked at Karen and was like, oh, I heard you had a good time last night with the fireball or whatever. Like just very jokey, like whatever. And Karen got so defensive and was like, what about it, Robin? And it's like, she was just talking to you about what you did last night. It's because that that is coming from a, a very defensive place. And Ashley at the reunion too said like, she thinks that Karen is slowly letting her guard down. Andy has even said like, Karen is like, she has a lot of walls. She will talk in circles to confuse you and kind of like confuse the truth. And that is something we all just need to be honest about. You can love Karen and also know that like, she has an interesting relationship with the truth. Like you will never get just a straight answer out of Karen. It's frustrating, but also I love her so much. Uh, and then Karen brings up Giselle's quote unquote hot box. Don't know what that really is referring to. I've also heard rumors that she's trying to say that Giselle has some sort of like STI or STD or something. And then she brings up Sing Sing, which is a prison. So I don't know what the fuck all of that is about. But of course, like we got hit with like a to be continued. 
which, you know, Bravo's really leaning hard into the to be continues. We really need to put an end to that. Every fucking episode of every franchise right now, it's like, to be continued. It's like, okay, or we could just wrap it up in this episode. Or you just say nothing and you just watch the next episode. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They need to stop doing that. But I think we have a great season ahead of us. I feel like it's just a lighter season with still, like, some deep-rooted drama. Because I know that there's stuff with, like, Eddie and Wendy that comes out, which I refuse to even, I can't even acknowledge that but I know I will have to and then Candace and Chris seem to be going at it because he's like managing her which again not a great move on I don't think that's a great move and then the you know of course like the Karen and I think Giselle is the one that brings up the whole Wendy and Eddie stuff which is like really shitty but um I know uh Karen was just on Wendy Williams this past week and she was like yeah uh it's a pattern with Giselle to basically like take down every marriage like that's why she only goes after like the marriages and I don't know if that's like a hundred percent true because but then again she does root for Juan and Robin which seems strange I think we all need to kind of take a look at ourselves in the mirror and ask why are we rooting for Robin and Juan they're both just two very sleepy people and I don't I don't think two sleepy people are a great match together but yeah so I think we have a great season ahead I'm so excited to cover it Now, with Roni, I don't know really where to begin. I think we're all frustrated and we're all disappointed with this season. I think it's just one of those seasons where it's like, it needs to just be done. I think it needs to be a 10-episode season because this just is not going well. Like I said in my intro, like the ratings for Roni are bad, you guys. Like people are turning on this fucking, these women so hard. And I don't think there's one person to blame. I think there's, a, I think it's a culmination of things. I think it's the fact that they are filming <laughs> this season specifically with the city during a pandemic in New York, which was like a hot spot for COVID. And I think with Roni, it's such like a social franchise. Like a lot of what they do is based around the city itself, like where they like to go and the people they like to be with. Like, And then when you add the fact that this group of women just doesn't seem to have good chemistry with each other, it's like just not working. Like I think if we were in maybe a season six or even a season seven, shit, a season eight, we could have made it through this pandemic. But the, the women that we have on right now, I don't think it's, I don't think it's working. I don't, I think everyone feels that way. And I think, you know, we're relying heavily on like old tropes that worked in the past, but we're relying on them a little too much every single episode. Like I'm overseeing Sonia getting like shit faced by herself. Like it's really actually sad. I don't enjoy it. And then like, why are we, why is Ramona shitting on the floor? What, why is she leaving poop on the ground? And why is this just a thing we're all accepting? Like go to the doctor go to the gastroenterologist, like do what you need to do and get your literal shit figured out because it's fucking disgusting. I don't understand why it's happening. And like Sonia was like, brought it up to her, was like, what is this on the bathroom floor? And Ramona tried to pretend that it wasn't really anything and tried to shut the door on her to like hide it and then said, oh, it was makeup. And it's like, no, that's not makeup, sweetie. Like, I worked at Bare Minerals, you guys, where everything was loose powder. Do you know how many powders I have dropped and palettes I have dropped in my life? And none of them looked like that. 
that is all I really have to say about that. I just, I'm over it. I don't think it's funny. I just, I'm just really angry with the whole season. If, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. So I'm not gonna like waste any more of our time talking about it. Now with Beverly Hills this week, we left off, of course, on a to be continued of fucking course with uh, Crystal and Sutton and the ugly leather pants whole fiasco. And I just have to say, there is a large, okay, I don't want to say large, I'll say a medium part of me, a medium sized part of me that understands Crystal in such a real way, because I too get very frustrated when you are trying to have a conversation with someone about how you feel about a certain situation and they fucking start crying. Because I think it is such a way to manipulate the the conversation because now it's like, now you look like a bitch because this person's crying and you're standing there like, I was just trying to talk to you. Why Why are you doing this? Like, it's weird. And I understand her frustration with that, especially like, They are just at polar opposite ends of the spectrum of like personality that that is really what we're seeing here. They are not fighting about the ugly leather pants or anything. It's just they are two very, very different women. Like one is very cold. The other one's very emotional. But I do like that Crystal doesn't back down. She's like, I'm not sorry that I said what I said. It was a violation. And it was from her perspective, Sutton coming into her room while she was naked you know, has, you know, been open about her eating disorder. I think being naked and, you know, struggling with body image is probably, and like, you're already having weird vibes with this one woman and she just comes into your room. I get how that would feel like a violation. Do I think it's that extreme? No. Am I more team Sutton on the coat gate, naked violation gate? Yes, I am. But I do like that Crystal is not backing down because this just feels very old school housewives. This feels, this just feels good. Like it just like, I don't know how else to describe it. I think because we've had such like shitty seasons with Beverly Hills, especially recently, I think this is just, it's just giving us everything because everyone's kind of getting involved and everyone's kind of involved in the mess and I just, I love it. And also my friend Dave Quinn made a really good point. No one is eating the delicious spread that Harry Hamlin made for everyone. Like that charcuterie is not being touched. And I don't know why. I would be literally shoving my face with prosciutto. You have no idea. That is like one of my favorite foods. And like no one's touching it. Not a fucking, not a soul. I would, I would expect Kathy to eat or Garcelle or Erica Like those women, like they're not afraid to eat on camera and that is why I love them. And also Garcelle is just one of those women that I don't think we see a lot on Housewives and that is why I love her so much is because she has this really amazing ability to like stand by her friend Sutton, but also is not afraid to be like Sutton, like you need to reel it in girl. Like you're being a little much, like this is a little crazy what you're doing right now. Like the reactions are very heightened and Garcelle's like, you need to bring it down. But she's also very honest with Crystal. Like, uh, you know, you could have been a little softer with her. I have to say, I am enjoying Lisa Rinna. I think that Lisa Rinna is an essential worker on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think she adds great drama to the group. I think she's messy as hell. I think she's usually, usually always wrong. But 
that's okay. I love when a housewife is wrong and she stands in her convictions, but then also like will easily, if someone confronts her about it, she's such a people pleaser that she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> like I was wrong. Like she's not afraid to admit when she's wrong, which is great too. But then I realized when she was in her garage, which I loved seeing her garage, it felt very Eileen Davidson. Like when, you know, her and Vin, Vincent or Vinny would just like be hanging out in their driveway. <laughs> like it's just, it felt very real to me. And, um, she was like, yeah, I'm an only child and I don't like to share. And then she was like, I'm an organized hoarder. And I was like, maybe I'm Lisa Rinna. Like maybe, maybe that's the issue. Why I didn't love her for a while because you usually don't like what you see in yourself is not usually what you like in other people is what I'll say. But I am a huge fan of Love Island. I watched the season with El uh, Delilah's boyfriend, and I have to say, you guys, he's hot as fuck on that show. You need to fucking watch it. It's I believe he's on season four. He is so hot, and he's like a he's a good person. <laughs> he wasn't a monster like fuck boy on the show. Like he looks like he would be a, the biggest fuck boy of all time, but he's not. Like he's actually very like peace and love like kind of hippie-esque and like him and Delilah like I'm just very into their relationship on Instagram too like they just seem to be really cute together I like that they're like I'm not here to age shame but I do like that they're like age appropriate and you know Delilah's not like fucking Scott Disick like her sister which brings me to (laughs) something so strange and we it's weird and I think they knew it was weird when they were talking about it was Sutton and Lisa talking about their daughters hanging out. Amelia and Sutton's daughter, who is nameless. Like, I'm sorry. No, I don't know what her name was. It, she really didn't strike me as nothing was going on there, really. There was not a lot of, like, star power stage presence with her. Um, no offense. But it also looked like she was really hot in that, like, thick pink, like, t-shirt sweater situation she had going. Um... But they were like, oh, our girls are only a year apart. Maybe they should hang out. I'm like, that girl is like an art history major. I don't think she's going to be hanging out with Amelia. Okay. Amelia is at Tao with Scott Disick, like with confetti papers flying at her face. Like, I don't think that those two have much in common. And it was, I'm glad Sutton kind of said something in the confessionals. Like, no, that is just, that is what's not happening. I did enjoy the scene with Kyle and Kathy. Now, of course, we met Kathy's dog, Sue. And I, I liked that scene with Kyle because I do really like Kyle. I think she's like a great mom. I think she's like one of the most down-to-earth housewives that we have. And her talking about how she's concerned that Portia is enjoying the pandemic is something that I relate to heavily because I remember, so I lived with my mom at the very beginning of the pandemic And I was Portia. Like I could sit around all day and watch TV and just do nothing. And I was completely happy. And I think it freaked her the fuck out because she was like, so uh, I think we need to like get up and like maybe like walk around. Like maybe like you should find new hobbies. Like I was like, mom, this will never happen again. Like I am just let me enjoy this. And then I don't know. So I really, I really enjoyed seeing a different side to the pandemic, if you will. You know what I mean? And then we get to Erica, the Erica of it all. And I'm now feeling so confused. I, it's like so much is happening 
in real time and then we're going back to November and December and January when it's all coming out again and it's just it's leaving me feeling very very confused I I'm saying this because I feel like it's the tale of two Erica's is what we're seeing I feel like we're seeing Erica on the show she's being very quote-unquote vulnerable there's lots of tears she's opening up finally like she's being you know as real as I think she can be but then I'm seeing the Erica on social media now and I don't love it because she's such a defensive like I don't I'm just gonna say it she's a bitch on social media to people I don't know what the fuck her problem is but I don't enjoy it one little bit like never once has she shown any any remorse or you know, sympathy or empathy for the victims of what her husband has done. Now, do I think Erica was as involved as people maybe think? No, I don't. Because even Garcelle said there are husbands who husbands do things that their wives just will never know about. And that was also chilling because of what happened with Garcelle and her husband. He cheated on her and she sent an email to the his entire production company about it. And iconic. Go Google it. You can read it. Just seeing Erica just like post like nothing's happening or she reposted um, a drawing by Drunk Drawn who's amazing on Instagram. Go follow them. Saying that she's like a scapegoat and she's like on the cross. It's like, no, like there are real victims in this situation. And to not mention that at all during the show is like, I find it very confusing and very off-putting and it, to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I am left feeling so confused. I'm even struggling putting things into words. And that, like, that's a rare rarity for me. Like, normally, I, I mean, I'm an only child, as I've discussed. Like, I can talk to the wall. I can keep myself entertained through anything at all times. So for me to not even be able to find words to describe how I'm feeling about Erica right now is, it's rough. Because I don't want to believe that she knew about all of this. But again, as we learned in The House of and the Hustler, she did receive a $20 million, you know, loan. Or like, you don't, you don't get $20 million, Erica, and not know what's going on. That's just facts. And I find it to be strange that now all of a sudden Tom is cold. Now all of a sudden Tom was this way. Now all of a sudden Tom... Why weren't you honest about that? Like, she is... She put herself in this position to be questioned. And that I think is something she's not understanding because I do think she might be a narcissist. Is she she painted this story for us. She led us to believe that Tom was a loving husband, a caring husband, a supportive husband, a obviously wealthy husband. And now we're being told the complete opposite. So it's a little confusing. And for her to not allow people to feel that confusion basically and get so defensive I, I'm just like girl what are you fucking doing and also who is allowing her to post the bullshit that she's been posting on social media like she's just very defensive and she's very rude to people on social media and I get it because she's probably receiving a ton of fucking heat but then maybe don't go on it maybe take some fucking time because what she's doing is not working and it's only further, I don't know, dividing everyone. Like no one knows the truth. And 
again, what I think viewers are really frustrated with, myself included, is how the women, Kyle and Denise specifically, or Kyle and Rinna specifically, treated Denise for hooking up or not hooking up with Brandy Glanville and how they're treating a woman who's being accused of defrauding victims of plane crashes and like fires, like burn victims, orphans and widows to quote Dorit. Like, and you're not saying anything. You're not doing anything. They're actually recently, they were at Teddy fucking all in by Teddy's fucking birthday party playing expensive like jamming on the boat to expensive. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Truthfully, I do not understand. And I, again, I just feel like we're all have to be so confused. Like, cause you don't want to believe someone is capable of doing something like that. But I do think she played a minor role in what happened. I will just leave it at that. Her tears are very convincing. I do think it's a little strange that she decided to not wear waterproof mascara that day that they were filming. Um, even Camille Grammer had something to say about this. Last night she tweeted, "We, <laughs> she's so messy, I love her. We filmed in the Bahamas season nine and we were all swimming in the water. I don't remember seeing Erica Jane's mascara run after swimming underwater. I'm just saying. It's like, yes, Camille. I, and I do think as the season goes on, we will see maybe Garcelle or Sutton or even, I think Dorit question Erica. I don't think Dorit will ever go against Erica, but I think we will see Dorit be like, what is happening? Um, because I, because I mean, Dorit, even if you listen to Christian Grace Knows podcast last week, it was so good. He had Dorit on and they talked about the Denise Rinna situation. She even said, she's like, I was team Denise. Like, I don't, what the fuck were they doing basically? So I don't know, just to reiterate, I'm just feeling very, very confused. So that is pretty much all I have for today. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review to this podcast. Thank you all so much for supporting me. It really means everything to me. I love doing it. I love talking to you all. I love being able to connect with everybody. Um, So don't forget, Bravo podcast will be every Friday and then um, new episodes will be up every Tuesday and then the exciting launch of shortcomings the sex and city podcast is coming out on Wednesday subscribe download do all the things and make sure to check out all the other podcasts brought to you by the day so I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon oh we could we could fly this is your summer that means six flags in the taste of an ice cold coca-cola we're talking thrilling coasters amazing animal attractions and this coke is summer refreshment so you can hop on another ride like the all-new sidewinder safari six flags and coca-cola come make it yours visit sixflags.com coke to save up to 20 dollars off passes or daily tickets starting at 39.99 mary redeemed a 50 000 cash prize playing chumbo casino online i was only playing for fun so winning was a dream come true chumbo casino was america's favorite free online social casino you too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.